0: Hey everybody, this is Rachel Brumberger and you're listening to Unscripted for all things healing and well-being. I'm so glad that you're here for your weekly dose of real talk, deep love, and medicine. Wellness and healing are never a one-size-fits-all thing. What everybody needs is different. My guests and I are always preparing information for you based on our experiences, whether that's personal or clinical or teaching, whatever it is, whatever walk we come from, so that you can gain a gem every time you listen and apply it straight away to transform your life and your health. Hello, listeners. I just wanted to say a quick hello and thank you for joining me so far on this journey. Episode 19 is today. I couldn't be more delighted. I wanted to remind you that you always have the invitation to join the Unscripted Insiders, which is a free Facebook community where we can talk about some of what's coming up in these episodes. And you can post with the community of like-hearted and like-minded folks. Please join us there. It's hundred percent free. I can't wait to see you on Facebook. And also if you're liking what you've heard so far, I'd love it if you'd rate and review and you can even share your favorite episodes with the people you love. That is how people find us by those ratings and reviews and shares. So if you have time to do that, I would be so appreciative. Thank you so much. I had a really great time talking with Sandy Cohen, my guest today for this episode. She has amazing enthusiasm, great energy, an awesome perspective, and she tells it straight. And there's nothing I love more than honesty. With some enthusiasm. So, let me tell you a little bit about Sandy. She is a health and wellness coach and writer who studies the science of the mind, well being, and cultivating happiness. She's also the host of Inner Peace to Go, a new podcast where you can listen on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Also, before we get started, you may want to return to episodes eight and nine from Unscripted. We talk uh, today a little bit about burnout and we're talking about habits and mindset too. And so, those are episodes we've previously done with Unscripted that are really nice partners to this episode. I just want to remind you about those. And the other thing I wanted you to know is that Sandy and I do talk a little bit about some of the less ideal coping mechanisms that we and humans have used whenever we are really burnt out and struggling. And so there are some conversations about drugs and alcohol in this episode. If you're listening with young listeners or people who are otherwise sensitive, I just want to give you a, a heads up on that. Let's get started so you can hear this awesome conversation with Sandy. <laughs> oh, Sandy, I'm so glad we get to finally be face-to-face after sitting in classes together for so long. <laughs> I know, me too. It's so great to see you. It's great to see you, and um, and I love that we can do this even though we're on different sides of the country, and how cool is that? It's so cool. It's so cool. It's amazing. So, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about like your healing journey to how you've gone from, I mean, you've had, and I got to hear some of this on, um, another podcast I was listening to you. I think this was with Whitney, actually, that you were talking a bit about your transformation. And I always love my listeners to hear like, what you know cuz now you're in the coaching but you know you've come to coaching come to podcasting which is a total and I'll let you tell where you came from cuz it'll be better if you tell it and how but there's a healing transformation in any transformation even if it looks like a career change or even if it looks like we're accessing a different resource within ourselves to put something different out into the world, there's usually a healing component. So tell us your story in whatever way you, wherever you want to begin. (laughs) Well,
1: thank you. So my story is that I um, am a journalist. And so I was someone who in college I knew I loved writing and I, when I graduated, I thought, well, who gets paid to write, you know? Mm-hmm. And at that time there were newspapers in every city. This is like, you know, a yeah, long time ago.
0: <laughs> Real like, newspapers that actual, I actually
1: That's right, actual, like my brother used to deliver the newspaper on his uh-huh. bicycle. Um, so there were newspapers in every city and I thought I'll, I'll write for newspapers. Like, that sounds great. And then I loved this work. I loved meeting the people in my community and telling their stories. And I ended up getting a job. After kind of working at a small newspaper, I ended up getting a job for a really big news agency, and I covered entertainment. And I live in Los Angeles, so this means I was Great town. I was Hollywood, right? Yes. And uh, and so I worked for the Associated Press, which is a really big. Oh, um, wow,
0: I didn't know it was the Associated Press. That that's a it's the real deal.
1: Yeah, it's legit, right? So <laughs> so, um, so that was my job, and I interviewed movie stars and rock stars, yeah. and I wrote about their you know, they're things that they created yeah. their art. And then I also wrote about sort of, well, I guess we would call celebrity news. Like when Britney yeah. Spears had her meltdown and went to court mm-hmm. and like when Lindsay Lohan was like crashing cars all the time.
0: Um, so that was, the, <laughs> I remember those. Days. actually, I might've been living in LA when that happened. That's yeah, funny. So That was I, like
1: early, like early 2000s yes. up to, yeah. I like was in your town.
0: I was like one of those nights I was at a restaurant down the street. Who knew? We were destined honey. to be here today. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that
1: so that was my job. And that was like very exciting, obviously. Yeah. Right. Very exciting. I didn't have like a personal, like love of entertainment, but I do live in Los Angeles and this is my job. And, and I was really into it. And I was really success driven. Like I wanted to do very well. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of like, you know, I'm a type a person. So I wanted mm-hmm. to like really achieve and and as it went on, it was coming at more and more of a cost to me yeah. personally, because it was a demanding job. It's a competitive beat, even though it's kind of a fluffy beat, it's competitive.
0: I mean, um, the Associated Press, it's, it's, I think any real journal, any journalism, it's, it's competitive. Like it's, you got to get there first, get their best Be. It's, I, it's a thing. I mean, that is like constant nervous system overload even it's if you, the, you but love I didn't
1: it. Even, well, and I didn't even have the vocabulary for that. I just mm-hmm. knew that I wanted to perform well at my job yeah. and like do a good job. And even though I felt like, oh, I don't have time to date and I don't have time to exercise and I don't have time to see my folks. I felt like, you know, once I get yeah. this nailed, I'll totally have time for all that stuff. One day, one day I'll have time. One day that day did not come. Like I, I felt like I was getting kind of more and more anxious mm-hmm. and I and more more and more depressed because it's just like my life was so out of balance. And on the outside, like when I would tell people what I did for work, they'd be like, oh my God, you have like the world's best job and how cool is that. And have you met so and so and who's a jerk and who's nice and and yeah. and I kind of like so then I felt like, well, what's wrong with me? Like why don't I love this? Everybody yeah. thinks it's awesome, but I don't feel like it's awesome. And then I was like, well maybe if I just like try a little harder, I will love it, you know, or if I let me just like, okay, I'm going to say no work on weekends or, you know, I tried to like set boundaries. So this is a very long way of saying that ultimately, like I got really burnt out. I got yeah. burnt out. I, I ended up with a depression that felt like a flu where I couldn't get out of bed. Oh, like terrible I'm, burnout. Oh, the I'm
0: sick, but like I'm sick burnout. I'm, I'm actually, sick. Fit. well, the body is so smart and it can only do so much. I used to get re-entry sick
1: say more about that
0: I used to get like I would finally get some time off and like I didn't also at the time have the language for that like I was in so much of a fight or flight state I didn't even like know that um and so I would get some time off and initially I'd be fine and then like about five to eight days in, I'd actually get ill. Like my ner- my immune system, because my system would come down from that fight, flight, freeze. Then all of the sickness would come out. And then I'd go into reentry to like, go back to work or go back to what I was doing. And it'd be this like, uh, like I was not feeling well. I was moodier. Like my boss would be like, oh, it's reentry, Rachel. Like, oh, so, you know, burnout looks like so many things, but to your point, I I get the whole like body aches, flu, you might've even had, you could have actually even got a fever. Like it can really be flu-like. And some people think they've gotten sick from whatever, it was a cold day or they were around somebody. And really, especially right now with re-entering whatever our new life is going to look like in a sort of (laughs) whatever this integrated COVID world looks like, but to be like, but what if it's actually my system telling me I'm just toast?
1: And I, I felt afraid because I was like, I think even just saying this, I can feel that fear welling up. Like, I think something's wrong with my brain Mm. and, and then what does it mean for there to be something wrong with my brain? Like I was so scared. I was so scared. Mm. And, but I just knew like something is not right with me. I mean, I, I couldn't, I literally, like, I couldn't get out of bed. I felt like I had a flu, but I don't think I actually had a fever anyway that was sort of the beginning of like, this needs real attention. Mm-hmm. And all along I had felt like maybe I'm not well-suited for this work. Um, Not only because it was so demanding, but also because it just didn't feel like the most important thing in the world. Like it didn't feel like, why, like, seriously, why should I drop everything to go report on the Kardashians? Like that doesn't sound like a worthy use mm-hmm. of my energy, mm-hmm. no shade against the Kardashians. Yeah. It, it just like, well, if it's for
0: neither- my, Yeah. If it's not the match for you, it's like, maybe that is for somebody else, the match, but if it's not for you, then it's just not for you.
1: So that's what led me to kind of Mm. really get serious about healing myself, really get serious about like, is it okay for, for me to not like this? And, Mm. and if I don't like this, is it okay to go? Is it okay to walk away from a job at the associated press. Is it okay to walk away from something that everybody thinks is the raddest, most awesome thing? And then what does it mean to do that? Like why like why would that be okay, you know?
0: Yes. And <laughs> right? The pressure, the external like oh my gosh, that's so scary. It's so much to like digest at one time when you're trying to figure that out.
1: Yeah, so that so that happened and and then the 2016 election happened and as someone who worked for the associated press you were not allowed to have any expression of political mm-hmm. opinion on mm-hmm. socials or anything and and i felt really conflicted about that there were you know things that i wanted to be a part of that felt more important to me than a veil of objectivity, especially when I'm writing about the Kardashians, like who cares if I have a political opinion. So that also lit fire beneath me to, to make a change. Um, Mm. And I also felt, and you may have heard me say this before, I felt like because of the way we deify celebrities Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: because of the way we consume celebrity news, like particularly in the last two two decades, um, we, you could be up on the Kardashians and be quote unquote up on current events and you wouldn't have to know about anything going on in your community, your state, the nation, and you could totally have conversation fodder at a cocktail party or whatever. And like, like I mentioned with the Britney Spears, you know, that was a lot of talking points for people to talk about. And so I felt like I am contributing to the... (laughs) (laughs) This is so grandiose, but I felt like I am contributing to like the delusion of our nation. Like I am, I am creating content that distracts people from what's important. And Mm -hmm. I'm doing it with like so much like energy and effort, but it's not the right thing. Mm -hmm. And then, and then when uh, we elected Trump, I was just like, oh my God, see, that's what happens. That's what Mm -hmm. happens when people aren't paying attention. That's what Mm -hmm. happens when we deify celebrities is we Mm -hmm. elect like the star of the apprentice to run our country. And that, I mean, I know I'm like, obviously outing my political views, but whatever. I live in California. uh, You can have
0: that. You're welcome to your political views. (laughs) So, so that
1: led me down the healing journey. Then I had to leave the job. I just told myself that this, you know, I I'm in my forties. I have to work for another 20 years and I am not going to survive at doing this. Like it can't be doing this.
0: I think it's really amazing that you, you had that conversation with yourself because um, it's so, it would have been, especially because of what you just explained, the way that we consume general media, the way that we look at what's happening outside of us and think about what's supposed to be happening inside of us. Like the way we compare our culture has tendency to compare ourselves to all of that beauty and fame and money and wellness on the outside. And so it would have been easy to be like, obviously it's a me, it's a, it's a me problem that needs more medicine. It's a me problem. And I need to like, just deal with myself or I need, there would be a lot of, and I bet a lot of listeners can identify times in their life when they felt like instead of thinking, maybe I can make a change to heal myself. And maybe this isn't the right situation for me, or maybe I need to make changes and work with the situation I'm in that people would actually, we, we medicate, like we medicate over it. Um, we may self-medicate over it also because it's too scary to really look at the healing part. And it, it honestly, a lot of people are really, really terrified to have to look at that, like genuinely so scared. They can't take the courageous step. It's like, what do I do to just keep this down? And you didn't, you,
1: Oh, I did. didn't No, but I, I really,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, was- I think this is so relatable for lots of people.
1: Okay, good. So, so- same more, yeah. Okay. So I, First, I started to try to just set better boundaries of like, okay, let me keep my hours, let, let me get as close to 40 hours a week as I can. Mm-hmm. Let me be very intentional about getting exercise. Yeah. Um, you well, know, I like did, those kinds yeah. of things. Yes, I did but that. I, for a bit. But I was uh-huh. also drinking a lot, sure. drinking a lot, drinking every day. Mm-hmm. Um smoking a lot of pot mm-hmm. smoking pot every day so i was already self medicating i was already sure. i had already called the psychiatrist so i was on medication i was self medicating yeah. i was setting better boundaries and it was not and it enough. didn't do it it wasn't, it wasn't enough, enough. Mm-hmm. and so i couldn't avoid looking at the truth wow. like i had to see like dude you've already tried everything in your toolbox like yeah something's got to go and I will say one thing that helped is like (laughs) Mm -hmm. I had complained enough to like my friends and my parents that like when I said you know what I think I'm gonna leave they were like oh god Sandy do it like you've been miserable for years like that
0: community support that's so
1: I had that support and and uh, during that time I also had found time to date and so I had a relationship and we had gotten married and he was like I I remember I came home from work one day and I was crying and which Mm -hmm. was not unusual. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to him, I was like, I just feel so far away from myself. Yeah. And he was like, Sandy, it's gotta go. Like, Like, it's gotta go. But, (sighs) but I was afraid, what did it mean to let go of like this prestigious job? Like,
0: which probably felt like an
1: identity. In many ways it did. I mean, like people definitely respected the the company and I mean, and it deserves the respect. I mean, it is. I, I still yeah. have you know fond feelings for the Associated Press. I I think their reporting is trustworthy and that their journalists yeah. are dedicated and hardworking. Um. So yeah. So I. Yeah. So yeah. Not to mislead anybody. I had already no, self medicated. I had I already that. tried. You. Tried people, all that.
0: Yeah. Because people. It's it's important to hear it. What's the real? That's what I'm committed to. Is like it's easy to talk about. What did I do about it? You know. But it's not always so easy for us to really have time with beloved people to be like, what was that really like though? Well, what it was really like was a bottle of wine a day, me crying into my partner's, you know, like shoulder constantly. And then I was like, let me get some pot and I don't, Oh my God. And then being hung over and having to do the whole thing tomorrow. And like what that really looked like. And exercise wasn't enough, or this wasn't enough, or like, it's, that's the real deal. And I think that when we don't say that fully, we accidentally do people a disservice by thinking that, well, these are the, this is the list of things I did. So if you keep doing them, but we we fail accidentally, it's totally not on purpose that, that this happens that we fail to, we accidentally miss the boat in letting people know, like how long that took me to do, or how, what it looked like for months at a time, years at a time, how many psych appointments did it take? How many counselors did I have to go through to get the right one? Or it's missing sometimes in the conversation. So if you don't say it and thank God you did, we don't know, you know, and people then they're comparing themselves to something unrealistic, completely unrealistic. Wondering why, why their wine and Xanax isn't working well enough, you know?
1: Yes. And I knew for many years, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I knew it wasn't a good fit, but I couldn't like release it. So I knew for many years before I left. And even when I did leave, I planned for an entire year to leave
0: Yeah,
1: because I wanted to save money and just prepare myself. And even though I prepared myself, I was still pretty pretty wrecked after I left pretty unmoored um you know kind of lost like oh now what like I felt like I should have like woken up the next day like yippee my life is mine but that's not how it felt I felt like now now what do I do and um you know and obviously took like a huge pay cut because I went from like having a paycheck to not
0: (laughs) yeah oh my gosh it's like it's such a it's, it, it was actually the safest thing you could do to take care of yourself, but it seemed so unsafe. Yes, exactly
1: mm-hmm. that. Exactly that. Mm-hmm. So, so in trying to figure out like, oh, well, what to do next? I mean, I've always been really interested in, in health mm-hmm. and like physical health and exercise and fresh air. And like, I had always loved all that. I've always lived in Southern California where we can be outdoors year round and uh, i always enjoyed being outside. So I thought, okay, well, you know, what can I do like with health and with journalism yeah. and health? Like maybe I could be a health reporter yeah. or something along those lines. So that actually led me to pursue coaching studies at the graduate level. Cause I thought, well, maybe I'll end up like getting a master's degree, you oh, know, or, no. or something like that. Like, who knows mm-hmm. what I'm going to do? I ha- I was like grasping it. Like, the what world can is I my do? oyster terrifyingly. <laughs> That's exactly. Cause I didn't feel empowered. Like, yay, the world no. is my oyster. I felt like, Eek, what,
0: well, what do, do you- I do? Yeah. I think, I think a lot of people feel like that when they actually have the possibility of anything, it's like just so overwhelming, so overwhelming. Yeah.
1: So I came to, I took a, so I signed up for a coaching program at university of Wisconsin. It was health and wellness coaching. And I liked that it was like at a, you know, proper university and everything. And I just loved it because I don't know what I, it wasn't what I thought it was. Like, I thought it would make me like a health expert, but what it made <laughs> me was somebody who really dug into human behavior yeah. and behavior change. Ooh. And, and that is so profound because I should also mention, I'm someone has like quit cigarettes, I quit booze, I wow. quit pot, I quit wow. Diet Coke. Like I have wow. changed a Ooh. lot of behavior in, yeah. in my life. And <sighs> And understanding the science of that and the neuroscience behind it and the sort of, you know, daily decision, like I was super wow. duper into it. And so subsequently I did, I am continuing for the master's. I will graduate with the master's, is it next year? End of cool. next year, I think. Wow, yeah, end of next cool. year, I'll, I'll have my master's in public health and, um, and then oh, I'm yeah. also writing about health. So I work for an academic okay. medical center uh, here in LA. And I write about health. I, I like to write about mental health as well, but I've been writing a lot about like, obviously about COVID. Um, so, so yeah. yeah, so it's been a complete change. I'm super, so much happier. I have, I have always wanted to be someone who had like a morning routine and, but I always thought like who on earth actually couldn't have a morning routine. Like that yeah. seems so unattainable. Yeah. And now dude, I have a morning routine. You I do? like, I do. I sit wow. and meditate in the morning and I write in a journal and I have like my two cups of coffee while I do all that, before I look at any email, before I look at any computer, I do it all analog and it is a delight. It's a delight. And so, so that's my story. My life is much, much better, but, but like the, you know, we're talking now before the Oscars, the Oscars are about to happen and I'm not a part of it. And for more than a dozen years, I was,
0: you know, Um, what is that like?
1: I was just talking with my, my current boss about that today. You know, it's, there's nostalgia there for sure um because i really loved working on that show mm-hmm. i had i had incredible access to the entire production uh, and i made friends with the people who worked there so mm-hmm. like i like friends who are we're still friends even though i'm not in entertainment anymore yeah so i feel that that nostalgia but at the same time like i couldn't trade an entire year and you know an entire mm-hmm. decade i had that job for 12 years I, I can't trade that for this one week of the Oscars show. So, um, yeah. so, you know, like I'm aware of it, but I'm also not aware of it. Like I haven't seen all the movies. I haven't had to have mm-hmm. a million assignments this week. I'm not working overtime. I'm not working Sunday. I'm wow. yeah. So <sighs> it's, it's an interesting
0: transition. It is. I mean, that's, a, it's such a, it's a, such a switch. It's just so it's like all of life is so different. It's incredible. Yeah. I'm a very nostalgic person. I get like, I get the, the pasty weepies, like (laughs) about all kinds of things. And, but it's that what I really, I think nostalgia really is, is like this, um, you know, there's grief when there was something valuable, even if it wasn't for me anymore, it doesn't mean it had no value and wasn't important at the time. um, Even if it doesn't belong in the here and now, and that's, when I remember that, the nostalgia is much easier to sit with.
1: Yeah. I feel like it's okay. I mean, totally. I, 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 feel like I'm glad that I got to do it for so many years. So cool. I know yeah. that all those people are super working hard this week. I'm wishing them the best, like have a yeah. great week, have a great show. I hope you get enough sleep this week. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Like I don't, um, you know, I was lucky to do it. I covered the Oscars for 18 years. Cause I did it for six years for another publication Oh no! Wow. Five years for another publication, and then thirteen for the AP, and so yeah. I got to do it a lot. Yeah, I got to do it a lot, yeah. and and that's okay. Like if there was some way to go, I mean, I of course would love yeah. to like dress up and like do the whole thing. Sure, there. sure. But um, but no, I, I'm excited. I'm just as excited about my new life, and yeah, um, and like having a morning routine every day is something I just wouldn't trade. The kind of like yeah. mental stability I feel now, and the clarity yeah. I have now, is just like so worth
0: it. That's so good. How did you arrive at what you felt was going to be that the, the morning routine you needed? Cause I, I think a lot of us can find now when, you know, a lot of people are talking about what is the right way to start the day? What's the right thing to eat? What's the right thing to do? Like, am I supposed to be a journaler or a reader or a prayer or a meditator? Should I like take the dog out? What, how did you get to yours?
1: That's a great question. Um, I Well, like when I wanted to have a morning routine, I just like, it was kind of wistfully looking at other people who seem to be very together. Talk about comparing your inside <laughs> to someone else's outside, right? Like someone would post their morning routine and I make a green juice. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could do all that. Um, I started by doing the morning pages from the
0: artist's way. Ooh, ooh those are
1: so juicy.
0: So so that's where, that's
1: where I started because I wanted to recapture, I, I had been writing for the AP for so long that I wanted to try to remember what my writing voice was like without that constraint of, you know, of journalism. So I started with that. And And I've been doing it, I should show you, I have a stack of the journals. Do I'm on you? I'm on volume 23 wow. of these journals. Um, so I've been doing that for about three years. And then about a year and a half ago, I added meditation. I always wanted to meditate. No, I always wanted to be someone who like knew how to meditate. But <laughs> like when I would sit to meditate, I'm like, oh, I don't like this at all. Um, <laughs> So, but now I've, I've taken a mindfulness class. I've like mm-hmm. gradually gone into it. I started with guided meditation. So now cool. I, I meditate first. Cause I, so I figured it out. I thought I would meditate after I wrote the journal pages, but no, then I didn't do it. So I get up, I do the meditation and then I do the nice. journaling and on days when I have an early assignment or something, I don't do it and that's fine. I mm-hmm. do this most of the time, that's you know, wonderful. um, but I think the number one thing, like if that for a takeaway for listeners and there's science behind this is avoid immediately getting into the news or, mm-hmm. or socials. Like mm-hmm. if you can give yourself, I mean, some people have jobs where they really need to be, you know, I guess if you're a banker yeah. or something, you need to know right yes, away. Yes.
0: Certainly circumstantially. Yeah, everything we say is circumstantial. It's like, take it in, see if it applies to me, let go if it doesn't. So yeah, circumstantially, some people need to know. And if we don't though, then I think it's really nice to just, even if it's only for
1: five minutes to take Mm -hmm. your first five minutes of your day, just for you, you can snuggle your pets, your partner, your kids. You can just go look out the window. You can just remember that like, whoa, I'm alive. I'm alive and it's today, sweet, Mm -hmm. you know? And before you already got a whole bunch of like, war in Ukraine and COVID and, you know, disaster. So, so that like, to me, like the best, Part of the morning routine is just waiting before you allow a ton of outside input to come in.
0: I love that because I'm always, I've talked to my patients a lot about this, like being conscientious of what we're consuming. And I don't just mean the food. It's like, what am I eating? When I open up any social media app, any news app, Um, even the notifications on my phone, I have like totally taken most of them away so that. Like I only have the ones I need occasionally some, like I'll download some app and it like sneaks in there and I forget to deal with it, but there's it, it, I don't even know if people notice, like I'd say to people having heard you say this, Sandy, like to notice what happens in their body next time they do pick up as what happens when you pick up the phone or the paper or the Wall Street Journal or whatever it is, whatever the thing is that like we go to, it's like as soon as my coffee is poured or as soon as I wake up, whatever that is, and just like see what literally occurs in our flesh suit. Like, do I start buzzing? Do I furrow my eyebrows? How is my breathing still deep or has it gotten constrained? Maybe people might even like tighten up their pelvic floor and not notice it or their belly. Like maybe there's tension in the shoulders. Cause there's a lot of stuff, you know, people will come to the acupuncturist, the physical therapist, they're talking to their primary care doctor about their migraines or their reflux or their pain aches and pains. And it's like, when did that begin? Like, when did I turn that on today?
1: Yes. Well, and I think some of it is so automatic that we're unaware, yeah. you know, like we don't even identify that as the trigger because mm-hmm. we're, we live in a consume, consume, consume mm-hmm. kind of culture of both, you know, news and material items and everything else everything. and gas. Yeah, so I think that, I think that it's important to, like you said, to be aware of the somatic influence of what yeah. we're doing, if you can identify it, you yes. know, I mean,
0: and it may take practice. It might take, it may take weeks practice. to be like, I don't know, Sandy and Rachel said, I should like try this. And it's like, <laughs> it's not working. It's like, okay, don't worry, give it 90 days and let's see, because it it's totally f- new. It's completely like something we've been muscle memorying over for so long. We don't even know we're doing it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I think that it's going to take
1: I mean, I know it has for me, it takes intent. Like you have to be mm-hmm. intentional. It's not mm-hmm. going to happen by accident. By accident, mm-hmm. you're already swimming in the news, you yeah. know? And I love what you said about notifications. I, I have no notifications on my phone other than text and the, mm-hmm. and the ringing of the phone, yeah. no news comes in. I don't know, n- no socials, nothing. Yeah. Even sometimes I'm like, oh, how come my maps isn't telling me the directions? And it's because <laughs> I like turned all that off, you know? Um, It makes for a more peaceful life though. I mean, it really does. And these are teeny things that we can do. Like seriously takes like, yeah, 30 seconds to change that setting on your phone. And that means like, you might have an uninterrupted 20 minutes while you're talking to your husband or, you know, like while you're making dinner, you could just listen to music without bing,
0: (sighs) bing, bing. So good. Right. Because it's, I even, um, I remember the first time I turned off my notifications was those badge ones that would come in. And then my next level turning off my notifications was actually turning off the little, like I'm on an iPhone. So mine's that red dot with the number in it at the on the app. And I let that go soon after, because I realized that every, any time I could have needed to pull up directions or the weather. And it was just this bombardment of like little tiny red alerts that I wasn't getting the badge for anymore, but still in the presence of it, I'd be like, I am obviously supposed to be doing more than I am. I'm behind clearly I'm behind. Yeah. And then we get in that sort of rat racy thing where our bodies just kick into the no rest, no digest, totally freaking out because we never think we're caught up, which is a total, totally false. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's It's a it's just it's, a falsehood it's a mind trick it is a mind
0: trick and i'd use the f word but so I like it was i trick. but i, th- I, no, but I thought okay. that was not totally, appropriate no i'll click that explicit button in a hot minute for that mind fuck you bring it because <laughs> it's true <laughs> i totally
1: gotta say mind fuck but then i was like no mind trick let's be pg good but one no that was pg <laughs> but dude it is because like it's so it's so acculturated that you don't even recognize it's a choice mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was saying to someone like, even, even my mom, my mom is 75 and you know, she's on the iPhone and like, we'll be out eating somewhere and I get up to go to the bathroom and she literally pulls the phone right out. And we think of yeah. that as something that like the young people do, yeah. my mom totally does it. I'm oh. like, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, I'm words with friends, you know? <laughs> This idea of this idea of instant distraction. I can't sit here with myself for even one second as like, I'm, I barely like stood up from the table. The phone is out and, and we don't, that's totally normal. Like, okay. Like
0: common that we don't even notice it anymore. And the other thing, and my parents are similar aged. um, I let my phone ring. If I'm in the middle of something And I actually keep mine on silent almost all the time. So it's like barely can I, now I can feel it on my wrist, right? Because like I'm wearing a watch, but I'll let it ring if I'm in the middle of something. But before I had my watch to tell me somebody was calling, if my, particularly my sweet father, he would hear it and he'd be like, your phone is ringing. And I was like, yeah, my phone is ringing. Like, it's okay. Like I'm... Stirring the pasta, or I have to pee, or right, th- and we're in the middle of a conversation. He's like, You got what the phone is ringing, and I was like, Yes, that urgency, even the urgency to uh respond to the text message, the voicemail, the ringer, the email, the news alert that also is problematic.
1: Well, and it's a choice that we don't recognize as a choice. We feel we're Pavlovian, we're conditioned, right? So it bings and I turn to it, but it's a choice. Just like you said, you can ignore the phone ringing. It's fine. Unless seriously, unless you're a doctor who's about to perform surgery, like it's probably fine to wait a half an hour or whatever, or, you know, I mean, and and God forbid you'd miss it the one time that someone's like, but, my car broke down and I need a lift.
0: But that's the thing he, he would say to me, "What if it's important?" I said, "If it's important, they'll call me back." And because that's it true. rang a second time, just like we did when we had landlines, I'll then true. I'll get it. Right. But you're right; it's a choice we didn't know was a choice. I love that. That's a great line. So good. Say more. Okay, so now I want to hear more about because I do think finally. We're getting to a place where it's a lot more common to hire a coach or like go go talk to your Pilates instructor about how your body's actually doing. Get the massage, see the Reiki person, go to the therapist. So in the coaching space, and when we're thinking about, a lot of times I'll hear people be like, "I don't know if I need a coach or therapy or both," um, and I think also a lot of people think I need a I might need a coach or I need some help with navigating my life right now and getting what I want, but they don't always know what and how to look for it. So in that, I know that was like a big question, very open-ended, take it how you want, but like, what do you have to see on all of that for people so that they have that self-empowerment of kind of navigating now that we do have so much, we can Google all of it, we can Facebook all of it and sorting through it can be overwhelming. Um, what do you think about that whole well, thing.
1: I, well, I mean, I think one distinction is that therapy is for people with health insurance, therapy is covered and coaching is not. So if you, if you, it's a great distinction, if you don't have the, the money to pay for coaching, start mm-hmm. with a therapist, you know, go yeah. through your insurance and start with the therapist, great. That's great. either, either professional. Well, I mean, a therapist can can help with a lot of stuff for me as a coach. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm a certified coach. If someone comes to me with issues that seem like, especially issues, like a lot of, a lot of issues from the past, yeah. then that's probably outside of the, my scope of practice. And any responsible coach would say that's out of my scope of practice. Like I want to help you, but this sounds like something you might see a therapist for. Mm-hmm. So I think right. that's one thing. There's the insurance issue coaching, eventually health and wellness coaching for sure. And it's maybe gonna all coaching. Become, yeah, it's going to be covered.
0: Are starting to do some wellness coaching, or you can that's speak right. with um, sometimes there's a special program where they've trained some of the nurses that work for the insurance company on like wellness coaching. So there's some, we're starting to make some headway there.
1: Exactly. And like, so, so my, um, my certification is through the national board of health and wellness coaching, and they're like Mm -hmm. taking the steps that have to be taken to eventually get insurance reimbursement. But as it stands now, um, it's going to be more prohibitive than going through your insurance company to see a therapist. So that's one consideration. What I like to, what I like to say too, is that, you know, a lot of times therapy is looking backwards Where I think a lot of times coaching is looking forward. So when I'm working with my clients, like they already, for instance, like I work too much and I have no work-life balance and I really just want to like find time for exercise. Right. So that's like just a
0: pretend Mm -hmm. scenario. Sure. Um, And it's a common one. And it's a common common one. And especially now, because everyone's a lot of people's work, school, even maybe their household situations have changed so much that whatever was maybe working, in a pre COVID world is maybe not working in in the COVID world. So whether that was a mess before we went into this or it became a mess during, I think that's important. But like, that's not a mental illness.
1: That's not anxiety or depression. Like a coach could really help with that and, and help you identify, you know, what your blocks are and where you might make changes and where little, you know, what little tweaks, you could start with and then build on. So, so I think if it's something about going forward, like I identify that I want to have time for exercise, or I want to start cooking dinner twice a week or whatever it is. That's, I think certainly for health and wellness coaching, that's more Mm -hmm. in the realm of a, of a coach. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I have both had business coaching. That's like expertise that someone has that I can benefit from. right? Right. Um, so, so that's, Whereas if you have, like when I had depression and I couldn't get out of bed that needed more than a coach that needed a medical doctor, you know? Um, absolutely. So, so I think that those are some of the distinctions that, that I think I would address. I mean, and again, I think that if you, if you do have the means and you start with a coach and, and you're, out of the scope of what they can do they would tell you they'll
0: tell well if yeah and this is this this should be anywhere with any professional that we we're working with whether that's medical whether that is lifestyle whether that is at work that like there's integrity integrity in that to say now that we're getting to know each other better i'm hearing this and i've i've totally done that with my patients it's been like you know This is what we need. Now we need, uh, now we need to engage your cardio, your, uh, your cardio surgeon, or I need you to go back to the whomever it it's about, it's not about us all trying to be everything for everyone all the time. It's just about the integrity of looking at the wonderful, amazing people. We have the privilege of supporting and being like, we need some more resourcing here. That's what I'm hearing you say.
1: Yes, I, well, and I think that's true. And I also think that just because, just because therapy is not in my scope of practice, doesn't mean that there aren't therapeutic benefits from coaching. Like I'm thinking of one client who's like, I've developed so much more self-love through coaching than I ever developed through therapy. So there's big, and you know, big gains to be made Mm -hmm. um, maybe beyond what you might expect, but but I'm not like practicing therapy. So I think yeah. it's a little nebulous. It is a nebulous distinction as, as a, someone who's looking for help. You're like, well, where yeah. do I go? Yes.
0: Um so, I think for those of us practicing it, it's not so nebulous, but I, right. I do think like, you know, and this is what I want people, you know, we're driving in the car, listening to a podcast right now or cooking dinner. And it's like, I've seen it, I've seen it in threads that I'm in, um, because Of my profession, and I've seen it in threads. I'm in because I happen to be a mom. It's like where people are like, I don't know where to start, and I want to give people. I love how you said it. It's just giving some clarity on like how do I walk on this path and ask myself what I need. That's I mean ultimately what we're trying to answer is so that when people go, wow, I, I would like, I'd really like to adjust my mindset and maybe make some new habits and give myself some new experiences or explore. What is for me and what's not for me versus working through the hurts of the past, the pains of the past, the chemical and medical complications of what happened in our body sometimes with our all of our health. And that's really, I think, helpful for our listeners. So and it may be both. The answer also could be both.
1: Absolutely. You can do both. It
0: could be both. And 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 I also think it's important. And I think, you know. You already kind of acknowledge this that we're dating our providers. Like, you know, you can call a coach and do a session and be like, "This is absolutely the right person for me." Or you could like, "Wait a second, I actually now that you've asked me this really great questions, I think I need career help, not lifestyle help today, right now. That's the pressing thing. I didn't realize it, and then it's okay to say to that coach." you know what, can I call you after I get this career thing handled or, you know, whatever it is, I am just making that up. There could be a million different versions of that. Right.
1: But that's such an important point. And most coaches, and I think most therapists, like you go and you have a a initial session. Like I I would talk to somebody on the phone or on zoom before they were like, okay, yeah, you're my coach. And, you know, like, you're going to chat it through. You're going to see, can I even help you? Yeah, Like, are we a good fit? Do we, you know, do you like my personality? Does it seem like, like I'm someone you'd want to work with? And, and I know that like for therapy and let's just say too, it takes a lot of courage to make any of these calls. hundred percent you know, it takes a lot of courage. And so I know that like, and I got discouraged when I called in to see a therapist and I went, I can't even remember how I chose this person. And I went and I felt like, oh, this is not like, it's not a good fit. And, and then I felt like, Oh, now I'm back at square one oh, again,
0: you know, the, the amount, it t- the amount of capacity it takes when someone's burnout to even like have that to conversation even, to even be willing to like Google psychology today or like, right, ask a friend. Oh my God. And then if it's not a good fit, it's just like, it's like popping the balloon. It's just totally. so awful. Yeah. And totally but that's a common thing that happens. I've had that happen where I'm like, so enthusiastic about my new therapist. And I'm like, this isn't going to work.
1: They're lovely.
0: It's not for me. You right. know, it's like, yeah. And it's, it would be easy for anyone to just be like, I'm just going to crawl back in my hole right now. Cause it,
1: yeah. Cause it's so course. hard. It's mm-hmm. so hard, but I will say that it's worth it. I mean, particularly mm-hmm. whether for therapy or coaching, but right now I'm speaking more about therapy, like finding a therapist. If you really are struggling, like the way I was struggling with depression and anxiety, like finding a good yeah. therapist who you really do fit with, who you feel safe with dude, that is worth it. Like, it's I'm so, so glad that I didn't just sign out of the whole idea after I found yeah. that guy who didn't fit. Cause then the next person I found did fit oh. and I saw her for like, you know,
0: two years or yeah. whatever. And it's a game changer,
1: game changer, game changer. Game changer. So yeah,
0: and and also i think for people listening i think you know if 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 you are feeling burnt out or overwhelmed right that you know it it's good to think about like can can i make a morning routine if i'm waking up panicking every day i don't know Maybe, which is the chicken or the egg, like the routine or the, you know, the dopamine and serotonin. So it's like, okay, what do we do about that? And I think also sometimes doing the therapeutic work, if that is there, that if that mental health component is there and there's a condition at play, doing some of that work to get safe in ourselves again, then when we, we may be like, we may literally walk out of therapy one, one afternoon to get on our coaching call the next day to be like in therapy, this is what we talked about. We helped me with my routine in the morning because I am hashing through the feelings and the trauma and then this and then that, and I need help designing this now. Um, And some of that can be addressed in a therapeutic hour. And some of that can be addressed by a coach. And I mean, it's, it's, it's okay to play between the two. I think.
1: Oh, I agree. I think that's a fantastic point. You know, a lot of times I, you know, I was just talking about this with someone, like if the doctor tells you like, okay, you know, your numbers, they're a little questionable. So lose weight. All right. See you next year for your physical. (laughs) What am I supposed to do with that? Right. What am I supposed to do with that? Or I mean, like similarly, okay, well, you should develop more routines in your life. You're like, okay. But I mean, obviously I haven't been able to, as to date so like <laughs> it's not like now that you told me that i suddenly have this capability yes, so yeah but i think what's you know what's brilliant though too is like that all of these options exist that oh. this is available and yes. that especially like with zoom like you could see somebody i have a friend who has a trainer who's like in spain and the dude trains him over zoom you know it's like wow. you you know this is all available i wish coaching was covered by insurance because that too is, i think you that'd know, be
0: so cool I think that would be so, so cool. I do think we'll move toward it. I mean, we're gonna, I think a lot will be shifting in the next five to 10 years and how the accessibility of things. Um, but in the meantime, one of the beautiful things too, I understand at least from friends of mine that have done coaching certifications, um, usually if somebody's studying with a coach of any kind or they're in a program, they need practice people. That's That's true. part of the program. Just like when I was in the acupuncture clinic, I had to go and find, you know, patients while I was in supervisory and it's either, it's typically less money or free or Mm -hmm. something in between. And so that's another option. I think people have, you know, while we're in this sort of transition that we're in as a society about like how oh God, there's so many like financial disparities and just, you know, okay. So it's there. So what do we do in the meantime while we like repair or replace these systems? I could, we could probably have a very long political conversation (laughs) about that. So to all listening, love you all. Um, (laughs) I think we we know it's not always accessible, right? To get everything. So then I'd say, okay, well, call like call these schools like in these programs and see if you can get into that student clinic or that um that supervisory, you know, be the practice person. I'm right now, I have an amazing therapist who I love and trust very much. And she just picked up a new training. She picked up a new therapeutic skill set. And I was like, yeah, practice on me. Like mm-hmm. I'm and I'm game for that. And so and I've been, I've gotten to be practice bodies. I've had practice bodies as an acupuncturist. So it's like, it's, that's another way people can access great coaching. Um, if they're not sure, Is just call a local school and see what, who's in that space. Such a good point.
1: Such a good point. Also, if you if your work has flexible spending, yeah. that also works. I yeah. have a client who has, is using her flexible spending account.
0: That's so cool.
1: Yeah. And so she had to get a note from her doctor and now she can use those funds. Wow. That's so amazing. that's another
0: option. Um, if coaching is, is yeah. what you need, you know, and some organizations now are hiring coaches yes. to work with employees. And sometimes, yeah. or, sometimes employers are actually paying for colleagues to get certain coaching trainings there could be a lot of different ways to access yeah will you talk a bit sandy about what do you think how would you define transformation because one of the things i love about all healing work is that we get to like we get to i've always kind of been like oh you know how i have to like get a new phone every so many it's like the operating system is like 11.2.7 it's like we're point owing up every time we heal something mm. um And, but I think we also, a lot of people are like hearing words, like, what's your vibration? What's your energy? What, what transformation are we going for? And I think maybe we have, maybe some of us are like, what does exactly that mean? Like, what, what are we talking about? So what, in your words, what do you think, like, how would you define a transformation from doing that kind of healing work with a coach? And, you know, what, what do you, how do you see it? I feel
1: like, oh no, I'm going to use more buzzwords, but I think it's like, for me, it's about feeling like that feeling of wholeness, a feeling of being embodied, a feeling of agency, a feeling of self-efficacy, a feeling nice. like, like, not like, you know, I'm not being pulled by the whims of the wind and work and the news and my family demands and oh, ah, I'm all over so the place. Good. You know, I'm like, you know, one of those wiggly dolls out in front of yes! a car sales place. Like, Yeah. It's the opposite of that. It's feeling like (laughs) it's like
0: not the mattress balloon guy. Exactly. (laughs)
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's like well to me, to me, the transformation. I mean, it's not like you can reach, I mean, you could probably keep going. There's not a finish line. And to me, it looks like more and more equanimity, Mm -hmm. ease self-loving, mm-hmm. self-knowledge, self-compassion, more ease in the way you move through the world, both mm. physically, mentally, emotionally, y- you know, like I, oh, I used to yell at cars, dude. I used to yell at cars. Okay, so I'm in Los Angeles, right? Uh-huh. So oh, a yeah. lot of driving. I would yell at my windshield at other drivers and I would come home like wound up, oh, so wound up. And I'd yell at other drivers and I, you know, but nobody knew. So yeah. one day I had to realize, Sandy, who's upset? Who's upset? Are those drivers upset? Are they so mad that you yelled at oh them? Or God, are you the one so who's turning your fire on and getting all enraged? And it was like such, such, a, such a no, line. it was such a no brainer. But at the same time, it was like, bing, like what just happened? Totally. And and from then on, I decided, you know what? I'm driving in Los Angeles. It's going to be a zoo. I'm just not going to worry about it. Mm. And then I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still lose my temper from time to time, but for the most part, not it's an, an issue. It's I an expect. Yeah.
0: Oh, I expect it to be a, a good zoo out there. It's such so, a good example. So
1: transformation can be that small moment where I was like, whoa, what has happened? I'm the one upset. I'm mm. doing this to myself. So that's a transformation. But I think so there's the whole range of it, sure. right?
0: That's so good. And just so I also have a lot of words in the car. And you know what? <laughs> the more I have. And the, the longer it takes me to get over said whatever occurred on the road, the more I know I'm like out of sorts. Like yes. if it's fast, like when I'm like, just yell like a few F-bombs and it's like done. And then I like drive along peacefully. I'm like, all right, mm, that could have been a little better. But when I stick with, when it sticks with me or I have lots and lots of words about it, I'm like, huh, I think maybe it's me.
1: Yeah. Or I'm like off. for- I'm what tired. about
0: I'm yeah.
1: I mean, and maybe you've had this happen. Like you you're either you are doing it or a friend is like, Oh, this dude on the road today, they're still, they're already home. They're yes. already on the phone with you yes. and, and they're already talking about. It. So I yes. think that part of transformation, I mean, that's just like a microcosmic example it. of like recognizing that, Oh, I'm doing that to myself. And then I carried yeah. it home and then I called a friend and told him and about spread. it. Like, oh, I'm spreading this nastiness around and yeah. I could have just let it go. Yeah. And so, so yeah. Yes. So I think transformation is like a lofty and kind of global word, right. but I think that it could be small.
0: I agree. It's mm, I love that. Cause it's such a relatable example. Cause how many of us get pissed off in traffic? Like so many of us, that's very relatable, but it's true. It's, I, I think it's so important to point out because I think a lot of people have in their head, Oh, transformation. So I'm supposed to like completely overhaul my life. And like, and change the way I do everything. And one day I'll be someone who doesn't get mad in traffic. And I'm like, no, one day you'll be someone who gets mad in traffic and doesn't take it everywhere. One day I'll be a human who responds to human things appropriately instead of forever, ever, always, and it gets stuck in my body and it gets stuck in my head. And so I love that you made it like that sound bite because it's it's digestible. And I do think there's like a massive misnomer in health and wellness where we're like, trying to achieve perfection. And I'm like, no.
1: Right. It's the opposite of perfection. It's being able to roll with the flow without Mm -hmm. putting a tremendous amount of pressure on yourself in any direction and not getting like super worked up, like being super worked up. There's times for it, like the death of George Floyd and, you know, Mm -hmm. and the resulting protests, like that's a time to get worked up. Mm -hmm. Driving on the freeway home from work. That's probably not a time. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, the, Mm-hmm. If we're looking at, a, at, a, mm-hmm. at a spectrum, you know, mm-hmm. one's at one end and one's at the other. So, absolutely. So, and we, we get in the hat. It's just a habit. I was just in the habit of yelling at cars. It wasn't like, I, it's not like I had done deep questioning and decided that yeah. yelling at cars is my ideal response. <laughs> yeah. <know>? This,
0: <laughs> yeah. It just, is was like, it's muscle memory. That's it's, it. It's just a habit. And it's That's like, it. maybe I'll make a new one. And I love, I also love. I love the non-judgment in your voice about all this. And like, it's okay, we're human. We're doing our best. Like yesterday I was yelling at cars. Today I realized I don't have to. Maybe I'll make it. It's like, we can be easy in ourselves. It's possible.
1: Yes. And it's it's so much better for ourselves. I mean- You know, no one's got it all figured out. Mm. Uh, There was one, um, I've looked for it since and I've not been able to find it. It was like some kind of YouTube compilation and they were talking to people like, what's your life advice? And they had different decades and they started with people who were like 10 and 20 and 30 and 40, right? And all the way up to like 90 or a hundred. Maybe the guy was a (laughs) hundred and he was like, nobody knows what the hell they're doing anyway. And this is someone who's (laughs) a hundred, you know? Like this is a person. But dude, like how liberating is that? You know, it's not like everyone else has it figured out and you're the odd one out. Mm -hmm. Everybody is trying to navigate being human is hard Mm -hmm. being human Mm -hmm. is hard and it's getting harder and harder because of all the influx of stimuli and information that's coming at us today. And like, oh, just cut yourself a break. And then you can cut someone else a break. They didn't mean to probably They, you know, they like might have had a really bad night's sleep or got bad news this morning. like, they they probably didn't mean to and they certainly yeah. didn't mean to do it to you where right. are the times that like
0: it's you know personal like it's yeah so that card and cut
1: you off because it's you like yeah. and oh, and so how weird. letting go of it just makes it like oh okay that's like so much easier like I don't have to get mm. riled up but I was the queen of getting riled up I was the queen of getting riled up so transformation looks like releasing that Teensy bit by teensy Beautiful. bit.
0: Oh, I love that. Thank you for that. I think that's so important. Tell everyone where they can find you. Like, tell us all you're you're doing cool stuff. So tell us all the things, and and of course we'll link it up officially so they could see it, it and click it. But tell you. us also.
1: Thank you. Well, I'm talking about many of these same kinds of concept on my new podcast, which is called Inner Peace to Go. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. And I'm so enjoying, like, I, like, obviously I could have this conversation for a hundred thousand hours. So, Me it's, too. <laughs> so it's so fun. So I, I have inner peace to go. Would you find anywhere you get your podcast? And then I'm on Instagram and Twitter at, you know, Sandy, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to like, you know, I mean, I post like my dorky stuff, but I'm also trying to post some, some no, thoughtful things so there good. too.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's such a lovely mix. I love it. I'm loving think- like Oh, like, look at that fun picture from ten years ago. And then I'm like, "Oh, that's a good sound bite right there. Yes, <laughs> oh, thank so, you. It's great. It's the perfect mix. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. it's
1: It's new for me. So I still feel like out of my comfort zone putting myself out there. but
0: yeah. I love it. Oh, that's so great. Thank you so much.
1: Oh my God. Thank you. This is so much fun. I just <laughs> clapped. I hope that's
0: not going to be. Oh, over. <laughs> I lo- let's clap. Yeah. we should get. It's
1: some- <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. I could so talk fun. to you all day, Rachel. Thank Me you. Me
0: too. Thank you, Sandy. Just love Sandy's energy and enthusiasm and all her creativity as well. Let's get into these key takeaways. Number one, we're in a life of instant distractions. Silencing the notifications on your devices makes for a more peaceful life. Number two, burnout is real. The symptoms can mimic being sick. Pay attention to what your body and emotions are telling you. Number three, Even if the external feedback you receive is positive, listen to your inner wisdom about what's for you and what's not for you. Number four, if you want to make a great morning routine, the first thing to do is to avoid getting on your screen first thing in the morning. Take the first five minutes of your day just for you. Number five, it's often time for a coach when we've used up everything in our personal toolbox and need some more support. Number six, Use your body to check in with how you engage with the material you consume. What changes in your body as you consume it? Then you will know if it's working for you or not. Number seven, therapy or coaching, which is right for me. It depends on your needs. One way to think about this is whether you need to heal your past or whether you want support in how to create your future. You can benefit from one, the other, or of course, both. Number eight, always acknowledge the courage it took for you to make that call to help yourself. Do not be discouraged if that first call isn't a good fit. Keep going. Number nine, transformation is about how we move through the world more easily. It's about being able to roll with the flow more often. Thanks again, Sandy, for joining us today. Please check her out on Instagram and Twitter at you Sandy, and her podcast is Inner Peace to Go. All of this is linked for you in today's show notes. Thanks for tuning in to Unscripted. This is your weekly dose of real talk, deep love, and medicine. I can't wait to talk to you again next week. You take care.